God with all. Trust him with everything. Man, what does it mean to trust God with all? There's so many times that we uh, are, are, you know how Christians are, we get our little jargon together and our little language together, and I'm believing God, trusting, 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 you know, and yeah, 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 yeah. Just, you know, we get quickened all over the place and stand up and cheer when we hear some words that we think we're supposed to cheer on. But then in the, in the still quiet of your home, you know, when that unexpected bill comes. Of course, now, let me, let me put it to you this way. You know you made the bill. It ain't like you don't know it's going to show up, but you still like flabbergasted that they would expect moi to pay. You know, I, I say there are some times in our lives it's like you're bleeding money. You know, it's, it's time to repair this. This breaks down. That breaks down or, or something. And it's somehow it always seems to come at the same time. You know, the washer doesn't talk to the dryer and say, well, now, why don't you go this year and I'll go next year? You know, they don't do that. They just go when they go. And so <clears throat> you have to really understand that God knew what was going to happen way before it happened. And guess what? He made provision for it already. But we're going to have to trust him in order to step into that realm of provision, in that realm of a remedy, in that realm of a cure, that realm of healing, that realm of deliverance. Whatever it is that you need in your life, God is the answer. He provides the answer. He makes the answer known to you. The answer's always been there. It's been in God. But it's, it's like anything else. We receive as we need things. You don't have a bunch of answers and money and provisions stored up everywhere. You don't lay it up somewhere. Because guess what would happen? If God gave it to you all in one day, guess what would happen? You'd be back begging for... Ooh, God, I know you told me I was supposed to put that away for... But I didn't spend it. That's why he'll get to you all at one time. He done spent it. Huh? I used to, with my late husband, I used to, we, this was always our running. You, you done heard this before, right? You can, you can take a nap if you want. This is my girl, this is my girl right here. Oh, she, she be hanging with me, oh, all these old stories. If I, if I told you this before, you know, just take a little nap right here. But you know what I'm saying. I, that was always our, you know, he's got it and I gotta get it. That's my job. And all the married people say, hey, what I want to hear. Uh, and so I was asking him for something, and he said, baby, I told you. Uh, you know, same old story. My ears go off when, you know, when they say, I don't have it. Your ears go off. But he made the mistake of saying, I ain't giving nobody all my, oh, you mean there's more? <laughs> and all the husbands say, uh, grow up, grow up. I thought I could talk to you. I see I can't talk to anybody. <laughs> Woo! Anywho, where were we? <laughs> but that's the way life is. See, there's always provision, huh? 
I knew if my husband didn't have it, he better not come home. <laughs> I just threw that one in from. <laughs> and all the husbands said, shut up. <laughs> Go somewhere. Stop her. <laughs> I wish she'd open that Bible so she quit that stuff. Huh? It's all right. <laughs> but that's what we need to know as believers. Our provision is there. Yes. It's there. Amen. Now, fortunately, I knew God, and I didn't really look to him as a source, but he was a pipeline. (laughs) He was my visible pipeline. So if you got to work the pipeline, you work the pipeline. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Okay, but anyway. (laughs) But you need to know there's an invisible source for all of your needs as a child of God. You have a God, you serve a God who owns everything. And guess what? We are his heirs. I'm going to say it again. We are his heirs. Now, when I say heirs, I mean we all legit. When you're born of his spirit, you are a legitimate heir. He don't meet you every time. You, you don't have to go to court on him and get a DNA test and try to prove that God's got to answer your prayer. But, you know, a lot of believers approach him like that, which is unfortunate. Like we got to prove we belong. We got to prove we love God. We got to prove we belong to God. We got to prove we ain't done nothing wrong lately. <laughs> I know that is a joke, right? So that we can receive something from him. But just like your own children don't have to convince you every day, Mama, feed me. The Bible says if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more will your heavenly Father, who is good, who is love, give to his children to trust and believe in him? It's about trusting him. So the question is, do you trust God with all? I mean everything. There can't be anything that you don't give him free reign over or else he's not God. A definition of God is I run everything, I own everything, everything belongs to me, and you treat me with respect. Amen? He's a loving God, but he ain't Santa Claus. Which is a whole other story. I'm not going to go there, but... You know, he's not. And he's not mean. He's not holding anything against anybody that's already confessed and forgiven. He's not like that. He is God. Worthy of respect. Worthy of devotion. Worship and honor. He's worthy of all those things, whether we do it or not. Whether we believe it or not. Whether we give him his due or not, he's worthy of it already. Because he's God. Just by definition, that means he's worthy of everything. Everything comes from him, created by him. Everything's under his control. You know, the world world is big a mess as people have gotten it in, and with the devil's help have gotten the world in this mess. God still owns it and is in control And can straighten anything out that needs to be straightened out. It's never beyond his control. What he does seek is he seeks somebody 
who will come to him and ask him according to his word what needs to be done. That's all it is. He needs a partner down here on earth, a servant down here, who will listen to him and obey him to see to make sure that things get done right. People who are always talking about, well, the war, we don't have so many wars on so many different things, and, and they get worse. You know, there's a war on poverty. That started uh, when I was a young person, much younger. And it's gotten worse. We're no farther along trying to eradicate poverty. Poverty's a mindset. It's a learned mindset. It's many times an inherited mindset. And the only person who can remedy your soul of the way you think all the time is God. So when we tell people Jesus is the answer, they look at us like they're, that we're stupid. Well, you don't understand. Well, God helps those who help themselves. I don't know where that is in the Bible, but I've never found it. I've been reading the Bible over 35 years. I've not found it yet. Prisons are full of people who help themselves with stuff all the time. God ain't helping them. You understand what I'm saying? Guilty and innocent. And we all got a little perpetrator in us. <laughs> Help yourself. Huh? No, God, God gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud. And he gives grace to the humble. So when you humble yourself to him, and I'm talking about humbling yourself to God, not, to, not begging from man, begging from people. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> when I got saved, I wasn't working, and God told me not to work. I had to work for him. And so I humbled myself to God Mm -hmm. and served and ministered to my husband as a wife and a helper to him. You got me? So you humble yourself first to God and then to man and humanity and serve humanity through the power of God. You got me? Or I never would have made it. If I didn't have God, I never would have made the... (laughs) <laughs> all the biscuits and fried chicken and I'm just going to talk anyway I don't care if y'all men don't want to hear it and let me see what you're doing behind them shades brother Russell I... oh you're paying attention okay that's good All right. I know what that voice is <laughs> you see me back up off that one huh Got to give me another scripture. (laughs) Anywho. (laughs) Where was I? (laughs) Where was I? Yeah, that's what I'm talking (laughs) about. See, many times when when the brother don't do what you want him to do, you want to burn that dinner. (laughs) That's where I was really going with this. But see, if it weren't for the love of God compelling me to do the right thing I'd, we'd have been burn up I'd have been put out and begging to get back in <laughs> 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 Woo! come on y'all grow up on me now it's, this is for grown kids in here today we can't have no religious stuff where you, you got to talk nice and use proper I, I don't reach people talking nice you know when I was newer in the ministry I was somebody was telling me 
well, you know, I listened to one of your tapes and your uh, English, your grammar wasn't. And maybe if your grammar, you could, you know, your grammar was better, you know, you could sell more tapes. I said, if my grammar was better, you wouldn't understand me. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration and power of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) All right, so where were we? Turn to Matthew chapter 25. I will get to my Bible. (laughs) Praise God. Matthew chapter 25. I'm going to talk about trusting God and really trusting him because it's worth it to trust God. But you won't know that on the disobedient side of trusting. You'll only know it on the other side of trusting. After you've trusted him, you'll learn he's worth trusting. So there's a step in between there that we call faith, and we'll talk about that. But faith really, if it's applied continually, will develop into trust. That's why a lot of times people hold back. <clears throat> and I tell you a good thing, when I heard, I was listening to Pastor Shirley during the offering, as many times sometimes as we've given an offering, sometimes we still hold back. You, you understand what I'm saying? And so this faith thing isn't a snap. You know, you just faith and I got it and all this kind of stuff, you know, believe and receive and all the good things we say about faith. It's not a snap thing. This is a life of devotion. It's a life of setting yourself apart only for God's use. It's a life of prayer. It's a life of dedication to God. So when we talk about benefits and blessings of God, it implies a total trust in him, trusting him with everything, not holding anything back. So in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 14, we'll start there. Jesus is telling parables here, giving people understanding and explanation about his kingdom. You know, you'll hear people say, you know, odd things like, Jesus talked about money more than he talked about anything. No, he didn't. Because money is not of his world. He, 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 he's not the God of mammon. He's the God of heaven. You understand? His kingdom is not of this world. But what he did do when he talked about money, he used it as an example to get a kingdom principle across because that's all they were interested in hearing about was money. So he had to break it, they had to knock it down to your level to get your attention and then, boom, put you over in the kingdom like that. Verse 14. He says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. So these things belong to the master. Okay? They belong to the master. What we do when we try to withhold from God is we put ourselves in a state of great deception. Because because God gives you stewardship over something, that's not the same thing as ownership. I would ask, but I know most of y'all got a car note if you... I was going to say, how many of y'all got a car note? Ah! (laughs) 
You know what I'm saying. Unless it's too old, it's paid off or something like mine is. I don't have a note. I'm glad I don't have a note. Don't want a note. I'm having my next one built in heaven, delivered to my garage. I'm stretching my faith to the max. And I don't want nothing with a ripped out ignition and the VIN number sawed off. And I don't, that ain't what I'm talking about, folks. I'm talking about a gift from heaven. But anyway, you know, because you owe money on that car, that you, as long as you owe money and you pay a note every month, you are a steward, not an owner. So in that sense, we are cars on loan being paid for. You understand as far as God's concerned, because what we have and who we are does not belong to us. We are stewards. You're a steward. You're a steward of your body. You're a steward of your mental abilities, your gifts, your talents. You are stewards of these things. You don't have ownership of them. I'm going to say it again. You're stewards of these things. You don't have ownership of them. Now, you've got two choices who you can let use them. You can either let God use them or you can let the devil use them. And he'll say that's you using it just to trick you until you get caught up in something you can't get out of. Then you'll find out who's behind it. Bible says you cannot love two masters. Can't love them both at the same time. You either love one, hate the other. You cannot serve God and mammon or the world system or the God of this world at the same time. Try it and you'll get yourself in big trouble. You'll wind up lying to God <laughs> to serve the devil. You understand what I'm saying? Or running away from the devil when things get really bad, but you won't make success out of your life if you do that. So he says here, he was traveling to a far country, called his stewards and delivered to them his goods. So we are God's goods. We are delivered into this earth. We are property of God. We are God owned. Whether you voluntarily release your life to God and covenant relationship of being born again and serving him. Hmm? Or if you resist that life and continue to try life, quote unquote, on your own. But really a slave to this world system. You still belong to God. On the day that you die, you will have to answer to God. So if he doesn't own you, why are you answering to him? In either realm. You understand what I'm saying? You're going to have to, like they say, everybody's going to have to meet their maker one day. Well, he's the maker of all things, heaven and earth and all things. So we all will have to meet him one day and answer for things that he has given us to do or given man to do or entrusted to man. Your children are not your own. Huh? People are finding that out more and more, but in the negative way. That brother that that spanked his son and, you know, number one, if you're going to raise good kids, marry their mama. Now, I don't really mean to offend anybody, but if you get offended, just repent and and ask God to help you do the right thing. That's that's Christianity. That's that's the way you live. God help me to do the right thing. 
But <laughs> there's a brother that I saw him somewhere. They say he got 34 kids with 17. Yeah. Now, see, ain't no help for him. Yeah. You know, he might as well just dye his hair, change his name, you know, or something like go to another country or something. Because it's, <laughs> I mean, he's just, I don't want to be his pastor. I want to put it that way. You have to go real deep in God to get an answer for that brother. That's just a mess, a hot mess. Buddy, that crazy? My goodness, what's he trying to prove? And all the married men. <laughs> you told on yourself, brother. You see what I'm saying? When you hang your head and start wiping your brow, you feeling, he's feeling this man. He's feeling that brother. At least on a small level. But, you know, he got turned in. He's a weekend dad. And he figures he'd prove his dadhood. Spanked a boy, got carried away. Probably mad at the mama, too. See, all this stuff, married people don't do that. That's all I'm saying to you folks. I mean, there's a... I mean, the mom and the daddy are there. If the daddy is getting too angry, the mama's there to... You know, kind of calm him down. If the mama start getting out of joint, want to, you know, take everything away from the kids and throw them outside, the daddy's, you know what I'm saying. Takes two. Kids is rough to raise. I don't care. I mean, now the Duggars, I mean, they just, they just there because God put them there. I don't know how them people got where they are, but that's God. You understand what I'm saying? But I'm sure it's rough on them a little bit sometimes, too. You know, it ain't easy. 19 and quit count. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Anywho, we're not our own, folks. We are not our own. And especially if you're born again, you belong to God. You have been bought with a price. The blood of Jesus has paid for you, spirit, soul, mind, and body, your past, present, and future. All that's paid for. Huh? So if it's paid for, what does that that mean for us? We have to deliver. If you go on Amazon.com and you order, uh, uh, oh, you got Amazon Prime, that means they got to get your stuff to you in two days. And I'll be looking at it. Huh? You know, it goes through, you get your little email. Success. Thank you for your purchase. Okay, where is it? That's the first thing I'm up. What? Um, uh, give me my tracking info. I ain't satisfied till I can track it. I can see when it left. When they said left the warehouse, I can see that. I said, uh oh, wait a minute. It's over in uh, Iowa. It better be here in Ohio in in the day after tomorrow, or I'm through with y'all. Not really, but. You see how we get when we pay for something and we're waiting on delivery? God is patient, folks, but he ain't going to wait forever. We got to deliver the goods. We have been bought and paid for. He's expecting delivery. He's expecting us to fulfill what we, you know, when you was all, oh, Jesus, I love you. I love you, Jesus. You know, them rare moments of ecstatic humility. Probably thought you was gonna get the other shoe dropped on you, and uh, 
It was funny. I, I don't know which which person it was, but I think somebody in the ministry has a kid that got two miracles. He in trouble, and he prayed, and God, you know, God, I, I was hoping that it never did. It, 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 it turned out my the teacher let me do my homework twice, you know, or something like that. I got me a miracle, ma. See, you got miracles working right there in your house, and don't know until they get into trouble and they get the miracle working. <laughs> But we're all looking for that bailout. But God wants us to deliver. Amen. He wants us to be obedient. He wants us to honor him as God in all things and and be true to our word. What we tell him we're going to do. You know, you get the blubbering in worship. Well, Lord, I just love you. And then he loves you back. and You feel the presence of God. And you want to promise him the sun, the moon, and everything. Well, he writes that down. In fact, it's already written down. You understand what I'm saying? He remembers these things and then the day of of the due bill comes you know when it's due he'll remind you it's due we find out we love god we want to see everybody else in the family love god we want to see the whole family say you know you want to see the husband the wife and the children serving god having a better life having a hope for a better life you know marrying somebody who's of high quality you got me? All that kind of stuff. You want to see that. And so there takes a, 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 a commitment on our part and a level of trust that, that we need to get comfortable knowing. Let me put it to you that way. Because many times when we go to God, we go in an emergency and we use what little faith we have. And when I say faith, I mean not just yours, but you know how we do. We go shopping for people we know with faith. Sure we do. You know, it's never, it's never the ones you hang around with when you want to talk about somebody. But you go around somebody that wears a long skirt and don't cuss nobody out and is always in church, maybe the preacher, maybe the nice lady that's always there or something like that. But you're going to grab somebody's hand in your time of need and get them involved and, and see that you think that's you using your faith. Oh, God answered. Oh, I got a miracle. And you run off until the next emergency comes. And then you grab three more saints and, you know, the pastor too. And let's, let's pray for this. And you think you're using your faith. Huh? When a power of agreement permeates and hovers over every congregation of believers. You know, how many of y'all been surfing on, on the, you know, Oh, everybody else's faith. You know, we just surfing on the. Uh-huh. Well, don't shout me down. It got sounded like a, sounded like y'all just told y'all it's a raid or something. Take all that stuff out your purses, out your pockets. Huh? But it is true. You know, you can like you know, people say stuff like, you know, I would get, you know, how you get with the relatives, them relatives, you know, it's Christmas or Thanksgiving or something, and the, you know, the outlaws. You got in-laws and you got outlaws. So you said the outlaw bunch, and you want to tell them about the Lord, and you know, oh my, my mother goes to my member is a member of Dabba never tried Stone Baptist Church. Well, your mama may not be saved. If you're going on church membership, come on now. 
don't tell me about what your mama does. I mean, she accounted for her. I hope she go every Sunday and Wednesday and pray for you while she's in there. But there are many things that we experience secondhand from God. But God doesn't really have any grandchildren. He only has children. Huh? You know how grandchildren are. You know the, the grandparents, they've, they've, <laughs> they threw out that first bunch they raised. So now they've known all the right things to do. So that's where you got grandparents. Huh? Hey, you know, they, 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 they trialed and erred. That's the only way you can do this. With that first generation, now they've got it down pat. And they can go help the grandchildren. And see, the parents kind of get an easy ride sometimes because when the grandparents are in the picture, they say, I don't think I'll go get me another manicure, pedicure. Huh? Nothing wrong with it. Except at some point, you got to be the parent to those children because the grand can't do everything that needs to be done. And in that way, we are not grandchildren to God. You've got to face-to-face with him at some point and deal with yourself. Deal with your needs. Get to know him personally. Not feel like it's a big risk or something like that if you go to God. You've got to, got to go to him humbly, but in confidence and assurance that you can trust him. Grandparents are always building trust for the parent and their children, even if they love them and care for them. Go ask your mama. I'm not the boss. Huh? You got to ask them. You got to go directly to them. You got to develop relationship with them. I'm not for you, for you to be able to circumvent their authority in your life, but I'm to augment what they can do and be their helper and their strength. See? But you got to go to daddy. Got to go to father got to go to God. And so this is what we try to avoid doing. We want to believe that we're in control and we can run this thing and we run it in the ground and we go get a little help, but that's really not trusting God. Having his goods is not trusting him with them. I'm going to say it again. Having his goods is not trusting him with them. Because there's going to come a day when he says, I gave it to you from birth. I need it now. When I gave it to you, it was for this day that we're facing right now. I have need of your gifts, talents, and abilities down here on earth to help somebody. So I'm calling you into service. Huh? Now, this is the kind of draft that you can't avoid. Oh, you, you know, you, we think we can run, we're going to run to Canada. You know, that's where all of, right. No, 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 no. There's no Canada to run to. He owns that too. <laughs> like David said, where can I go to escape you? <laughs> if I make my bed in heaven, you're there. If I go to hell, you're there too. I just can't get away. So there's going to come a day when it's called up. And that day came for these servants. Here we have an invisible master. He's going far away. He went to a far country. And that's a picture of God. He's invisible. And he leaves with us his goods, us, 
our gifts, talents, abilities, our finances, our possessions, everything that we possess, we give to him. We give it to him. And so and, and when you trust him, you don't have a problem giving it to him. And he will reward you according to how you have entrusted to him that which you possess. And it says here, and one thing we need to say about this, but that he entrusted what, what he had to his servants. That means God trusts you. He sows the first seed, okay? He sows trust in you. He's giving you the, the life of his son. He's entrusting that to you. So God trusts you, number one. Why can't we trust him? You know what I'm saying? His trust is already, it's a trust bond already between us. And so why can't we trust him if he trusts us? He entrusted his money to his servants. These people are ordered to serve. And the master is Lord over them. So God is Lord over us. And he's entrusted us to us. And he wants us to entrust ourselves back to him. When the master has need of things, he has to call on those who belong to him. He can only call up gifts he possesses and has control over. And that's his church. He can't, I don't care how much Tyler Perry say he a church person, but he can't call up gifts that don't belong to him. I'm sorry if that hurts y'all's feelings, but the Bible says you know people by what? Uh, what is some of that stuff? <laughs> Medea, that crazy transvestite? You know that? Come on now. And all they ever do in those things is make fun of church people. Now wise up, okay? Wise up. If you you got something <laughs> that glorifies God and you know, and he go lay hands on ministers and people. I don't care what they let him do to them. You know, sometimes people got enough money, you let them do some anything to you. Yeah, I said it. I don't care if y'all don't like it. I said it. But I don't roll with that money crowd. You understand what I'm saying? That's not, I live where God called me to live and that's among people that want God and desire God and hopefully if they don't, we can preach to them and they will be convinced that God is good and want to serve him. That's the people I live among. And I want to show fruit for that type of life. I'm not interested in making pictures and movies and Hollywood. And Come on now, y'all. I'm too old for that. Even when I was younger, that wasn't my thing thing. You know what I'm saying? In, in the world, that wasn't my thing thing. You've got to show fruit of who your master is. Who are you serving? You go to get apples. Somebody sells you an apple tree. If you don't ever see apples on there, you want your money back. Huh? That's the way I feel about people that don't show the fruit of Christianity. I'm showing mine best I can. You understand what I'm saying? You show me yours. If the fruit doesn't ever grow on there, how can they validate who they say they are? Now be careful thinking these people belong to God and all this 
you know, I know I'm a child of God. I, why you got to say it so loud? I, I, I show you I'm a child of God by my fruit. And y'all, the rest of y'all do too that are loving God. You know the difference. You know God wouldn't let you do some of this stuff you see these so-called Christians doing. You don't do that kind of stuff. You do the God kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? You do different stuff. That's your fruit. It's what's produced out of your life every day. That's your fruit. What's produced out of your life every day? I don't care how much y'all like Tyler Perry either know where he came from you know it's all kind of people jumping up here famous just because a lot of them don't have much talent you understand you know the devil knows how to promote who he wants to promote for the reasons he promotes them but that don't mean we got to swallow everything we hear and, and believe what they say everything they say now i believe they're christians when i see the fruit of christianity on them Never talk about who they got saved. Never talk about who they shared Christ with. What's their testimony? I got one and you got one. Anybody else we love has got to have one too. Or they're not of our. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So the master is entrusted to us ourselves. Everything we are, everything that we have belongs to him. Was given to us by him. Well, no, I worked and got that. How'd you get your job? Well, I went and applied. How many other people wanted that job besides you? How'd you get moved up to the head of the line? Hmm? Once your great ability, your looks, your Rico Suave, you know, cool, cool, cool hand Luke stuff, it was none of that stuff. It was God's blessing and favor, whether you were aware of it or not. That's what got you anything. Huh? God entrusts us with these things. He's not obligated to trust us, but he does. Puts it in our hands to see what we will do. Huh? And he knows he can trust us. He doesn't have to have a backup plan. He knows immediately what's going to happen with everything that we do. God's keys to his own prosperity is to trust us. I'm going to say it again. God's keys to his own prosperity is to trust us. There's no increase if he doesn't trust us. There is no prosperity in the earth if he doesn't trust us. There's no blessing for the household, for you, for anybody else if he does not trust us. So he has entrusted and invested in us his very best, which is the Holy Spirit, the character and the life of Christ that dwells in the heart of every believer. That's been entrusted to us by God. So what are we going to do with it? We've got to give it back to him. We've got to trust him with it back. If he's given it to us when he has need of it, then he calls it up for his own use. That's why the Bible tells you to die to self. Just reckon yourself dead to what it was that you thought you wanted to do with your Thursday evening or your Saturday night or your whatever it is you, you hold dear. You got me? Just die to it because God might call you 
for, uh, you know, you might even be, be called by a neighbor or a friend. Uh, you, can you come over? I'm not feeling good. I, I think I, I need to go to the doctor. Well, what are you going to do? Amen. Huh? I'll tell you what I do. I say, well, since you call me, I never feel God calls. Has anybody called me by accident? Amen. And I, my number ain't 911, so I ain't got no ambulance to come rushing you nowhere. So let's pray. Amen. Huh? <laughs> See, the greatest thing I can do for now, I'm not going to let you just sit there. and You know what I'm saying. If you blew and losing it and all that, I know what to do. You understand what I'm saying? We ain't, we ain't stupid here. You know what I mean? But that don't upset me either. Because I can go to, wham, CPR. <laughs> I remember back in the day, now they get defibrillators, they let everybody use them. I remember when they didn't let you touch them things. Of course, that's been so long ago. Don't let me date myself again, but you know what I'm saying. We did have electricity in them days, so don't, it wasn't that far back. But you know what I'm saying. We, when, when God calls me to do something, I know immediately which portion of my gifts, talents, and abilities need to come into play. You need to know that about you too. You don't get confused as to what to do. You don't get upset. You don't get flustered. You know this is the call. This is what I'm living for. This is the call that God put me on earth to call me to. And I trust him with my gifts, talents, and abilities, and time. I never don't have time to do stuff. I may have other things planned, but I know how to set that aside, and I know how to call forth the gift that's necessary at that time. Huh? If you just need a ride to the hospital, there's better people to call. Trust me. Yesterday, I had to drive and, and meet the, the van to go to Toledo, and they didn't think I was driving the car. Well, who's that driving <laughs> I drive. You got me? But I'm so often not driving. You know what I'm saying. So all I'm saying is that if you, God, really wants somebody really drive you to the hospital, he ain't calling me for that. You know what I'm saying? Calling me to pray for you. And if we feel after the prayer you still need to go or you still want to go, we'll get you there. You understand what I'm saying? But you've got to know what's entrusted in you. You've got to know what's inside you. You've got to know what you're supposed to do with it, and you've got to know how it works under God. Yes. And you only do that by entrusting it to him to begin with. You don't, you, this don't happen to you just all of a sudden today, you decide you're going to start praying for people. You've got to have trust relationship with God, that if he's going to trust you with these things, you've already entrusted them to him And you know that him working through you will deliver the goods. And you have no fear. So this is what happened. He's got these servants. And they've got to trust him back now with what he's given them. He said to one he gave five talents, verse 15, to the other two, to another one. Every man according to his ability. You're not waiting on an open door to do anything. God's got you right now working at your ability. Isn't that what verse 15 said? 
Everything you have, he's given you according to your ability. By the same token, you're not over your head in responsibility anywhere. Because he has given to you according to your ability. You know, Michelle Duggar, God bless her, she got 19, want to count some more? Go for it. That's her ability. You got me? If you got one and tearing your hair out, that's your ability. You understand? You got two and, and want to scream, that's your ability. So everybody is gifted according to their ability. God can look at you. He knows you. He, he knows what you're going to have to do in the future. And he's already made provision for it in you. What you need and what you, what's going to be needed for your life period is already residing in you. Already residing in you. It says he that received five talents went and traded with the same. The word trade really means to put something to work. Huh? It means to employ it. It means to not let it sit there and brag about how wonderful it is. It means put it to work. Huh? If if your gift is is speaking, then put that gift to work. Don't wear my ear out. Go find somebody. <laughs> Go find your audience. You know what I'm saying? Go find your your future, whatever it is. But but employ what God has entrusted to you and employ it in something that God approves of. So you give it back to God and use his wisdom, his knowledge, his understanding in the employment of it and it can't help but grow and prosper. Whenever we employ something under God's authority and under his direction and in, 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 in alignment with his word, it has no, no choice but to prosper. It increases, gets blessed, gets more. It provides for other people. If it's wisdom, that wisdom gets shared abroad to other people because it's not all given to you just for you, but it's given for you to employ it to help humanity. He says the one with five talents, likewise, he that received two, he also gained two. He that received one went and digged in the earth and hid the Lord's money. Who's he hiding it from? Many times we withhold things that we know God could use. I don't care how big or how small. I don't care if it's time. Many times you withhold time from God. You make up your mind that you're going to do this with your day or that with your day, not checking in with God and finding out, well, God, you know, does somebody need something? Anybody, anybody, can I bless a neighbor? Can I call somebody, see how they're doing? Can I turn this TV off? Y'all know what I'm saying? They give you a hundred channels, and yet you don't have nothing new to look at. See, somebody messing with somebody's head with all this cable stuff. You know what I'm saying? And the stuff that's on there, you can't watch if you're a Christian. You know, there's R and triple R's. and You know, I I got people policing what I watch. Rachel say, Baba, we can't watch that. It's It's R. PG-13. I said, well, how old are you? I gave you nothing else on here. You 13 yet? 
Now go up to your room till you're 13. I don't know, you know. It's hard. It's hard. But you know what I'm saying. But we sit there in front of it, and it occupies so much time. And here you see talents that God tells you he put in you. He's trusted it to you. And your reward in life depends on how much you trust him with it. Can you employ it? Can you put it in his employ and do it with a a good heart and a pure heart? So this guy, he says, the one, the one that received one, now he's the least trustworthy to begin with. He has the least ability to begin with. It amazes me how many people that, that, that have so little developed in them want to do so much. Well, I'm going to be the next. See, I know you ain't heard from God right there because he don't make you the next nothing. You're an original. Why don't you go do you in God? I'm, I'm the next someone, so we don't need another one. Huh? One to a customer or one to a generation or something. I don't know. People who tell me stuff like that never materialize into, you know, God doesn't call you like that. He gives you a call that's for you. You don't have to borrow somebody else's life to get, what's this, you get leftovers all your life? Come on now, he has something for you that's just for you. So this guy has little ability. The reason he has little ability because he has little trust in God. He doesn't understand. Anything that he has that's worth anything was given to him by God. And we don't know what's in us mostly. You know what I'm saying? As you're growing up, you have no clue. You know you have some some things you want to do with your life, some things you like doing, some things you might expect you can get out of life. But you have no clue what's all on the inside of you. God has adorned us with riches on the inside of us. The Bible tells us that. We have the greatest of gifts lying within humanity. The Bible says, Ephesians 4, he says, He ascended up to heaven and gave gifts unto men. Those gifts were the fivefold ministry gifts, but within those ministry gifts is humanity and human abilities and human uh, uh, talents and things of that nature, they're within every human being. God just took them and anointed them to ministry gifts and gave them unto men. So you and I and everybody are gifts unto men. We're gifts to humanity. You're not here just to get your bills paid. How boring. You're not here just to pay for stuff in, in your house. How boring. But when the Bible says, go ye into all the world, that's got to stir up something different on the inside of you. That's spoken to the housewife. That's spoken to the teenager. That's spoken to the school kid. That's spoken to everybody. You have enough in you to bless the whole world, is what God's saying. And why are you sitting up hiding what you have from God? And thinking you don't have anything and thinking it's going to be so rough and it's so hard. Why is it always so hard for me? Well, you might find a clue here. 
the guy who had one digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. Money or value or talent or worth. You hide your worth from God. The phrase went and digged in the earth means that he went as far as he could get away from his Lord and hid it from him. You see people sometimes get so, so uh, away from God, they hide themselves in drug abuse. They hide themselves in, in uh, degrading lifestyles, all that kind of stuff. They are running to hide their talent from God, who is the only one who can do something good with it. The farther you want to get away from him and, and his control and his influence in the, your life, the farther away you get from him. You've got to go dig a deep hole, dark hole to start to live it out of, to keep it from God. Many people you see uh, uh, that leave the church and get caught up in drugs again. They are sick of giving everything to God. They don't want to give to God. I've done enough. I, don't, I just want some of my old life back. Well, you get it. You get it with a vengeance too. Whatever you need to do to, to give it over to God, you better think about getting around to doing it. Don't try and hide anything from him. So he hid his Lord's money after a long time. Especially when you think it's not going to happen, it happens. God pulls your chain. And he says, what are you doing for me? Where's my stuff? I entrusted this to you. I expected you to win souls with your ability. I expected you to take your money and help support what was supporting you, etc., etc. What did you do with it? He has a day of reckoning for everybody. Verse 20 says, he that received five talents came and brought the other five. He increased. He didn't try to blow up and be the biggest thing anywhere. He just went about his business trusting God and using his faith and investing in his time and ability and talent and serving God. And he increased in the same amount God gave him. Hey, listen, even money ain't bad, folks. Come on now. It's better than losing anything. You know what I'm saying? You get a one for one, hey, you increased it. And that's good. You see, God's not looking for anybody to be spectacular. He's just looking for us to use what we have for him. He's not looking for this guy to make him a millionaire or something. He's just looking for this guy to use to the best of his ability what he gave him. So the one that received five came and brought the other five, saying, Lord, you gave me five. Behold, I gave five. He felt good about what he'd done. And his Lord said, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few. I will make you ruler over many. You don't know how many many is. But he says many. And he says, enter into the joy of the Lord. That's your biggest reward right there, folks. <laughs> That's your biggest reward right there. See, there's a joy in using your abilities for God. I don't care who you are. I have people that, that I didn't think were that interested in witnessing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, some people you know because they tell you, they talk about it a lot. But then there are some people you, you think their, their temperament's a little different about things. They're a little more peaceful, a little more calm, you know, not easily riled up in it but that big grin comes on their face the minute they start to talk about who they were able to share christ with and you know 
Oh, I found out, you know, as so-and-so, I got a list of people who are sick, and I know why God sent me to that place now. You understand what I'm saying? That joy is really your payoff. Why? Because you know you please God. You don't get his joy just because you sit and whine and cry and beg for it. This is something reserved for faithful servants, folks. The joy of the Lord? Are you kidding me? Joy is one of the nine fruit of the Spirit of God. They all have different purposes. You have love because, you know, God is love. You have that anyway. It comes in you from here. Him. And I'll prove it to you because you know Uncle Fred that you didn't never want to. Don't let that man step in my house. He drunk. He tap everything when he got all Christmas. Don't you? Uh-uh, don't don't you call? I'll I'll kill you if you call Uncle Fred over here. You get saved, Uncle Fred. Says, Hi, Uncle Fred. I've been praying for you. I've been wanting you to. You understand what I'm saying? That's love, folks. That tell, turns you from somebody who avoids problems to somebody who embraces people you know uncle fred is not just a problem anymore now he's a person to you when humanity becomes valuable to you that's the love of god peace we all need it that's your that's your bond with god man you go and pray for something and you get it's it's worrying you to death and god hits you with that peace and you can't shake out from under it that passes all understanding you don't know where it came from. You don't know how it hits you like that all of a sudden, but you ain't letting it go. Because it's better, much, much better than worrying. And with that peace comes an assurance that God will answer. And on time. You got me? You don't go to worrying about it again. But joy is an overcomer's. See, joy, you get joy only when you've confronted something with God and you've seen the victory and then you jump over into that and it's yours to keep for the next that's why you can laugh at the devil you can laugh at problems you get bills in the in the mail that you didn't know were coming and you can still have joy well I guess God you know what this is you you know you're going to supply this or you're going to cancel it or something or tell them to go to somebody else's house you understand me but you know and you there's a joy there Because you know that you don't have to bow down and bend to bad news the way everybody else does. You stay up about it. You're not worried about it and you're not fearful. Joy is for the fearless, folks. It's for those who have confronted some things and overcome them. He also received two, said the Lord. You delivered me two talents. Behold, I've gained two other talents. His Lord has said, well done, good and faithful servant. Same thing he gave to the other guy. Then the one that had the one talent, now he didn't have much going for him to begin with. But he had something. Let me put it to you that way. He had something according to his ability is what he had. So if you've only got one, manage the one. If you got two, manage the two. If you got five, manage the five. And don't judge how much you have. You're not worth less because you don't have as much. You just can't handle that much yet. But you will get there. You start managing what you have, give it to God and let him help you manage it. You will have more. If more is what you want. More from God usually means more work. More responsibility. Less time sitting in front of your 162 channels, that's all one channel. Amen. 
but we ain't going to say that like that. You know, I flee for refuge to the do-it-yourself channels. I know all the dialogue from Rehab Addict and all the episodes because they play them a zillion times over and over and over again. You understand what I'm saying? (laughs) So why should I waste my time sitting there with more of that? You, You know what I'm saying? There's a world out here that needs God, and I have him. And I want to use what I have for that purpose. You know why? Because there's people that will come up to you in heaven when we all get there. We talk about that. I didn't know you down there on earth, but I talked to Jesus today, and he said that you had a prayer ministry, and you guys prayed. I lived right down the street from your church. I never came in, but I finally got saved one day. You got me? Yeah, it sounds fantastic, but that's how things work in God's kingdom. You'll know these things. Until you get there, you'll have to live a life of faith, trusting God with what he's given to you. Give it back to him. Let him use it. So the guy said this. The guy with with one talent had this to say. He said, verse 24, I knew you were a hard man reaping where you didn't sow and gathering where you didn't, didn't, you know. In other words, God, you're not fair. You're not love. You're hard taskmaster. I used to serve you and I went to church every day and you still let my brother die. You still let my mother die. I was asking you to pay my bills so I could keep my car that I shouldn't have had in the first place, but that's another story, and you didn't come through for me. Hmm? See, whenever we, we in our minds have something evil thinking about God, then we're wrong. And what you think about him makes all the difference in the world in whether you trust him with what you have or not. So the problem then gets on us again. You finger yourself with your own problem because it's what you think about God on the inside that determines whether or not you're going to trust him. Am I going to work for you? Well, I don't know what I'm going to get if I work for you. Sandra Sandra Crouch, Andre's sister, said that for many years she refused to go and sing in the churches. She said, I told everybody, don't, don't get me involved. Them Christians, they don't pay you nothing. And then God got her one day. Huh? He got her real good. And from that day forward, she devoted herself to God. Don't care about nothing. Don't pay me. Whatever God puts on your heart to pay me, I'll come. Huh? Can change you. He can change you upside down, inside out in a heartbeat. Huh? And this guy's perception of God is totally warped. He doesn't see God as the owner of these talents. He just sees him as somebody who makes you work for nothing, and that's wrong. I'm going to say it again. He sees God as somebody who makes him work for nothing. That's why a lot of times it's hard to get people to work in the church. Oh, i got to go to my job. This is your job. You belong to God. This is your job right here. You're being trained for your job right here. Huh? They'll die to get out there in the world and let them pay them $7 an hour because they don't understand true riches. Many people work for a boss that seldom encourages them, but they break their necks getting there every day. 
trying to get that nice smile out of them. If I could just get them to smile and say they like me. God loves you. You're already loved. Huh? And he said, I was afraid, verse 25, went and hid my talent in the earth and, and just give you what you gave me. You're such a mean God, I don't give you nothing in return. I don't want you to have nothing. And the Lord answered and said, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew I was going to come back. You knew I didn't work. You knew I let you make you work and I come and reap the rewards. Why didn't you invest my money? If you have such a low opinion of me, why didn't you at least respect my money that I gave you and go do something with it? He said, I could have at least gotten some interest, but you went and buried it so that it wasn't good to me. It wasn't any good to you. It didn't do anybody any good buried in the earth. And I'm telling you, there are a lot of people of high value that are gifts that are buried in the earth. They're buried under drug addiction. They're buried under alcoholism. They're buried under wife beating or child beating or whatever it is. Those people are people of high worth and value. If they weren't, the devil wouldn't be so trying so hard to pull them his direction. Huh? If these people could understand the goodness of God, and that's the reason for the church. This man has a very low opinion of God. He has a very low value on God because he doesn't know God. You begin to trust God by knowing him. You trust him by trusting him. That's the only way out of this bad image of who God is. It's to learn. You start out in faith. You know what faith is? What I explained to you. Somebody else's faith and you ride in and you're on the surfboard. Pastor Shirley, pray for me. I got a bill to pay. Woo, hallelujah, I got the money for the bill. Did you give God any of it? No, I had some left. I went and got me some shoes. Pray for me. You're just riding on the surfboard. Huh? Riding in on somebody else. But it's faith. You got your faith working in some fashion. The smart people want off the surfboard. You want at some point to let your faith work for you and know that it's in you and know that you can carry the load. So you begin to put more faith in God and it develops in a trust. A one-time answer to prayer is not trust. Continual investment of your faith in God is trust. So you put it over there in him and you leave it there and you don't pull it back. When the offering comes, <laughs> that's when we all show who we really, you know what I'm saying. There's no better example than that. Uh-huh. I call it an atmosphere seizure. You know, we're having a good time worshiping God, going kissing heaven. Ah, love you, God. Love you. Glad you came to church. <laughs> seizure. The minute we say offering time, uh-huh. go grab the purse, zip it up real tight, freeze the credit cards. Uh-huh. Freeze your assets. Huh? Because we still yet don't have the trust. Even when you trust God, sometimes we hesitate because we say we want to make sure he told us. The devil's not going to tell you to give in the offering that God takes up. You got me? He's not going to tell you to give too much. 
you can't give too much to God. Why? Because he returns it to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. It just comes back to you. Good grief. Huh? But that's the only way to trust God is to trust him. And don't look at him as, you know, like some little sugar daddy or something. Where you, I'm not talking about married people. I'm talking, you know, sugar daddy, somebody you don't know and you suspect belong to somebody else. Can I say that in church? You shake him down for what you can get in case he don't come back no more. That's not a marriage, you got me. <laughs> I know there's nobody like that in here. But we got to know the difference. Some of us have been shaking God down for years. Still shaking him down. Understand what I'm saying? Because we don't want to live with him, give him everything, let him have free reign, you know, that kind of stuff. We don't want get him, you know, we don't want him to have too much of what belongs to him already. It's a great deception, folks, to think that you have a life that's worth living outside of God. There's no such thing. I don't care what it is you think you want to do. You know, God's got a plan for your life. If it's something that's good and it's going to be a benefit to you and please you, it's on the schedule somewhere. You know, you keep serving God and it's on the schedule somewhere. It may not come at the time you think it wants to come, but you'll enjoy it anyway because it comes from God. See, he develops trust relationships with people who love him and trust him. See, when you love somebody, they can't give you anything wrong. Well, I take that notes. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying. Now, let me think. It was a situation. No, I'm not going to go there with y'all. Okay, I'm done with that. But I will tell you. (laughs) You know, you can go to God and talk to him and. You know, God, I sure would like so-and-so, and, you know, but I don't know that you would give me that. Would you, would you really give me something like that that I desire? Things that I can, can remember some things my husband and I struggle over. I couldn't wait for God to move him to do it is why I had problems with it. You know what I'm saying? Because God will eventually move people to bless you if they're the source of your blessing. And so it's, it stands to reason, folks, that if God has given us all things already, he trusts you already. Don't you think you can trust him with everything, too? I think we can. Amen? I think we can. Praise God. Amen. Father, we thank you that we can trust you. We can honor you. We can love you. You do great things for us, Lord. We just have to get over ourselves, Father. Lord, I pray for everybody that understands what it is now that maybe they're holding back on, that they would revise their thinking about that thing and let you have it so you can increase it. It can be a blessing to them. It can bless humanity. Father, I thank you that there are people here that can be a blessing to their families and they want to be a blessing to their families. Maybe they're looking at the blessing in one direction and you want to bless in another direction. Let them release that to you so that they can trust you to be the blessing that you've ordained for them to be wherever they are. And we thank you, Father, 
for blessing your people with your goodness and trusting you. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. If anybody needs prayer, come on up. I'll pray for you.